0: Little kids playing basketball, wearing masks. Two million people see this tweet. People around the country were horrified. They called it child abuse. They're they're just shocked people are still
1: doing this. At the same time, these kids can go to class and sit next to each other. They are
0: playing sports in their school without masks. And then they go to these city facilities. And, And they have to. No one sticks up for the kids in Los Angeles. This should have been something that people right away recognized, why are we doing this? This makes no sense. And they should remove
1: rules as quickly as they install rules. My guest today is Ross Novi, multimedia director and producer, and the founder of Uprising LA. This is our society. We have have to stand up and say, hey, you know what? That doesn't make sense.
0: We need to push back because what you're doing doesn't fly with, with everything we know about
1: what works and what we should be caring about. While kids can sit next to each other in classrooms with no masks, they're required to wear them in public gyms and recreation centers in Los Angeles. Why is there this discrepancy and how is it impacting the kids in LA? Continue watching to see how parents are dealing with this in Los Angeles. I'm Siamai Korami, welcome to California Insider. Thank you, great to be here. There was a picture that you posted of kids playing basketball in LA, mm-hmm. little kids playing basketball, right. wearing masks this, at this time. Can you explain to us what is going on in this picture?
0: Well, I'm glad you didn't ask me to explain what's going on in Los Angeles, because that's a larger question that I don't know if I can answer. But what I can tell you is that kids are still being masked to play sports inside city facilities, rec centers. Um, basketball, volleyball, whatever they're playing inside, uh, because Los Angeles City is still uh, following a Safer LA order from April. So while the state has stopped requiring masking, while the county has stopped requiring masking, um, while even LAUSD, the public schools, have stopped requiring masking, the city still insists not just on masking, but uh, showing proof of vaccination for kids to play and for the parents to watch. And that still is happening now because uh, science and the concern for kids welfare in our city has always come last
1: during this pandemic. So kids can go to school, sit next to each other without mask. Correct. But then they, when they're playing basketball or sports, they have to wear the mask.
0: In city rec centers. And, and if they wanna go to uh, the aquarium or the Griffith Observatory because they haven't corrected
1: and aligned these policies with what's going on with the rest of the state and county. So how did they not correct this? Because this is a huge deal, right? People, if kids are playing with with masks and- When it's 90
0: degrees out. Yeah. uh,
1: I mean, there is
0: some air conditioning a little bit in some of these facilities, but the point is, why are they doing it? Uh, The point is because no one sticks up for the kids in Los Angeles. This should have been something that people right away recognized why are we doing this this makes no sense and they should remove rules as quickly as they install rules but no one the entire time especially when kids were out for 17 months not going to school have said what's best for the kids they're lowest at risk they have the most restrictions what about the kids and for a while i understood because um, school board people didn't have school age kids a lot of Board of Supervisors didn't have school-aged kids. But surely, people in the city of Los Angeles have school-aged kids and are seeing this, and the parents don't push back enough, and the city uh, council people and the mayor just don't do anything to stop it. Uh, Partially because there might be other financial reasons why not. They need the state of emergency to continue for certain policies, maybe. But they shouldn't be masking kids. And we had two million people see this tweet. People around the country were horrified they, they call it, it child abuse. They're, they're just shocked people are still doing this. Because
1: at the same time, these kids can go to class and sit next to each other. They are
0: playing sports in their school without masks, and then they go to these city facilities, and, and they have to. And then you get not as many kids playing, uh, participating. I'm a coach in rec center sports, and uh, they can't even get enough kids for some leagues because, you know, it's, it's, it's not a great situation for kids who, by the way, also, had a lot more obesity, they had mental issues, they want to just play sports, let them play. It makes no sense.
1: So the leaders that are in charge of a rule like that, how are they letting this continue while the same kids are going to school sitting next to each other or playing in their, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? It's a
0: great question. Um, I've learned a lot about the government In the last couple of years, I am a, I I work in the entertainment industry. I'm a regular guy. I'm a parent with two kids, two teenage kids. Uh, I didn't know much about the government until COVID hit. I certainly voted all the time, but I couldn't tell you what the board of supervisors were. I didn't know my councilman. I was just generally aware.
1: And what was your political, do you have any political affiliation?
0: I'm, uh, I lean generally left. I'm pretty nonpartisan. Most of the time I just look at the candidates offered to me and, and just either choose the least worst or I choose a third party person just out of protest to the whole situation. So I'm politically aware but uh, I didn't know that there was as much um, problematic uh, rule, as many problematic rules, uh, as much uh, influence by uh, unions in our local sphere of influence and that there were so many rules that, that are hard for normal people regular people to get their heads around and and we saw it all kind of come to fruition with with COVID rules that just like these just linger on forever
1: and so h- how did you get involved you started an organization how did you get involved so you saw this happening and
0: right so I, I i work in television i'm a director i'm a producer i'm a writer i'm an assistant director i've done basically everything in it for many years i've worked on the office on arrested development i've worked with the
1: muppets I funny, did a movie. funny, yeah. I generally funny. funny. Comedy, I did a, a yeah. movie with
0: Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, also funny. Uh, so across the board, different projects, and um, I, my, my job, a lot of the time is figuring out like what are we going to focus on each day to make this show the best it can, the best it can be, to make each day as productive as it can be. So it's a lot of informational triage. It's about figuring out what's important, where do we spend our time, where do we spend our money. How do we uh, improve things, right? That's, that's the director's job, that's the producer's job. Um, so um, when COVID hit, I uh, at first was very deferential to authorities. You know, they, they see something novel happening, let's all take a couple weeks, figure it out. But uh, very quickly after I saw a lot of the rules, a lot of the policies uh, were starting to stop making sense. And again, I'm looking at like, well, what's most effective, what's helpful? Because very quickly we saw, like, all right, kids are not really at risk by any measure compared to comorbidities and, and older people. But they started doing these wide swath of policies that affected everyone and very quickly started affecting kids most of all. And so I saw how it affected my kids. who were two public school kids who were uh, motivated learners, good kids, and it created uh, their grades to drop, uh, mental health issues, their friends had mental health issues, and we just saw the impact it was having on them. And then my wife works with other kids through the History Museum, and they would zoom in, and they would be zooming in from a closet or from their parents' workplace. Kids who didn't have resources to be supported with distance learning, and you saw how that was impacting kids. So it was obvious as just a regular person that this is stupid, this isn't gonna work. And this is a big guess. We've never done this before, which is so much of COVID. Hey, let's try this. Let's, let's give it a go, have everyone go virtual, just because we think we can do that now, even though it's never been done. We've never studied a pilot program. We've never tried it. Let's just go wholesale for it for 17 months. And we've seen the disastrous results. So I got involved when I saw that things were not making sense. And we get to be 50 years old and you're a professional and you're a, a, a father or a mother, this is our society. We have, we have to stand up and say, hey, you know what, that doesn't make sense. We need to push back because what you're doing doesn't fly with, with everything we know about what works and what we should be caring about.
1: Did you see other things that, that didn't make sense when you started this journey of getting more active, more involved? You mentioned you didn't, when you were voting, you didn't know who to vote for and you didn't really prefer the candidates. and right. but. Was it worse than what you thought? Yeah, it was worse. I mean, um, so
0: you, when we were trying to get schools open and it really started in d- December of, of 20, January of 21, and um, what's crazy about Los Angeles is we have a very myopic perspective. Everything is just, oh, what are we going to do? And the, for those of us who are trying to reopen schools, you're like, well, let's do what, they're doing all over the world. They're doing in Europe, what they're doing in Florida, what they're doing, I mean, they're doing, they're opening schools safely, a lot of places. You know, It's not just our challenge, it's other people's challenge and they've been able to do it safely. Um, So why aren't we opening in Los Angeles? Why aren't we opening in California? And then you start studying and seeing, oh, the teachers unions have a massive impact. They fund the politicians who then will do their bidding and you're like, well, it surely can't be all that. And then you realize, well, it's a lot of that. It, there's a huge amount of, of uh, back scratching that's happening. And you realize the amount of corruption there is in our system statewide, citywide. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And, and I remember studying like Tammany Hall around the turn of the century in New York and how the big party bosses used to you know, run these towns and how corrupt it was, and then you go like, wait a second, that's happening now. This is actually still happening, but uh, local and county and state government is so convoluted that most people don't care. And by the way, I don't care, as long as you're not messing with my life and my kid's life. At that point, I gotta fight back. I don't want to care. I want to be blind again, but I can't be, because I learned you know, all of this corruption that happens that makes smart, People go, no, we can't open schools, even though it's damaging kids. Otherwise, like, how can you possibly get to that point? No, we have to damage kids. How do you get there? We get there because you start making judgments based on I need to run for governor again, I need these votes, I need this money.
1: What about the rest of LA? Like, So when you started getting involved, and um, you kind of probably, you started, you brought in a voice that was contrary to what the mainstream or whatever these government officials are saying. Did you face some challenges from your people around you?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely challenging um, to speak out against what is the dominant paradigm, uh, a paradigm that's also supported by all of the, the media uncritically. Um, you know, for some reason, Contrary information or a discussion of information becomes disinformation or misinformation, which is very odd. It's information It's a discussion. Nothing is a hundred percent known. Otherwise, I don't even think you're talking about science I mean when you go back, it's like no one was paying attention in school like Galileo who's being like Tortured because hey, is like that the planets are different than what I thought. Yeah th- This happens all the time in science is that new ideas happen new thoughts Um, Anyone who thinks they're 100% right are crazy. I mean, we should all agree on that. Anyone who thinks they're certain they're right is just mathematically that's not true. You're a sociopath. But somehow we started listening to people who were sure that this is the way to go, whether it was schools, whether it was uh, certain aspects of vaccines, mandates for sure. People were just so sure about themselves instead of having humility and going, we think this is the best way, We're gonna change if new data comes in. Um, And so, as someone who wanted to speak out, you're pushing against those people who seem so certain. And then most people just go along with it. I mean, that's what the worst part of this whole process has been how few people stick up for kids or things that just make common sense.
1: Did you feel some pressure to get canceled by various?
0: There's been times, where I was definitely concerned about being canceled, particularly in my industry, particularly just in speaking out in general. But part of me, the reason I created the LA Uprising and the the way I named it the LA Uprising was, I thought back to when in World War II, uh, there was the Warsaw Uprising, where uh, Jews had to choose in Warsaw, as it was becoming a ghetto, whether they were going to fight back or just accept it. And I'm sure, based on human nature, just generally people just go and hope things improve, right? It's very hard to fight back. And I'm not a very violent person. (laughs) I would say I'm not a particularly brave person. But at certain point, again, as, as a parent, as someone who you grow up, you have to speak out for what you believe in. And it got to a point where I had to speak out. And I'm not comparing what, you know, the Holocaust was was to Los Angeles. Clearly, that was much more serious. But the same instinct to, to speak out where maybe it's not convenient, I, I think you have to find your voice. And, and I've, I've felt comforted that even if I got canceled, I could look my kids in the eyes and say, look, this was wrong, I stuck up for you, I did everything I could. And I, I think the LA Uprising and other parent groups have made a difference. How much I think they helped in certain aspects more than others, but I certainly have no regrets about speaking out, and that 's for sure
1: so you mentioned you were kind of in the middle, a little leaning left, and then you saw and then this situation came, you kind of saw the influence of the unions and these special interests. How powerful are are these interests based on your experience
0: well, the priests they 're really strong because again there's this this power loop that happens where, where they raise money and mobilize votes for the politicians who then will negotiate and get them good you know, positions, more money for, uh, to hire more people. And then that, then they go, great, you're, you're good. We'll raise even more money for you. So there's no reason for our public officials to push back against a lot of the public unions uh, because most people aren't even gonna notice. And the people who do notice, the unions, are they gonna advocate to get them voted out? and so few people vote in California and Los Angeles uh, that if you have a very mobilized group of people, they're gonna have an outsized influence. And that's been also very disappointing. Everyone in California just keeps voting for the same people. I don't care Democrat, I don't care Republican. If things are bad, vote out whatever team is in. That's how you get good responsive politics. That's why purple states generally get a little bit more responsive politicians, because they have to be. If you have the same people in all the time, they don't need to listen to you. So, uh, I mean, uh, my thing is just vote every single incumbent out. If you're not happy and you don't know who to vote for, if it says incumbent next to them, get them out because you need responsive people and we don't have that at all right now. No one even feels like they're in jeopardy and that's bad for this state.
1: What about the parents that you know in, in LA that got active, are they thinking the same way? Do they, what are their thoughts?
0: Yeah, no, p- most of the parents who were in our groups um, you know, are, are very uh, middle of the road, slight left-leaning, some slight right-leaning, but everyone was concerned about kids, first of all. Um, no one was like regular uh, participants in the political process. Um, there's a lot of anger because a lot of people were motivated by specific issues their kids had, a lot of like, uh, learning-challenged kids. Um, You know, a tremendous amount of black and brown kids uh, who were underserved were impacted by this. And so we had parents speaking out about that. Um, If you were impacted directly, you were more likely to speak out. That being said, I know a lot of parents. Most parents I know their kids suffered in some way. But they just said, well, it's just everyone's going through it or they don't want to talk about it because they feel bad about it. But the fact is, it was tremendous, especially around teenage girls. Teenage girls suffered greatly and continue to suffer greatly. You can't get a mental health appointment with a psychologist in Los Angeles. They're all booked up. Wow. So uh, these are real issues. These aren't like people being alarmist. This is what happened. These are the results of policies which should have been very predictable. Psychologists should have said, we can't do this. They should have spoken out. And psychiatrists, this is obvious. This is what you say. Oh, let's put kids in isolation. Uh, Gym teachers and athletic coaches who I reached out to early on should have been saying, this is bad. We learn teamwork. We learn how to be social. We learn so many other things other than just running around with athletics. And this is a lot of kids ticket out or a chance for them to grow. Um, So many kids atrophied instead of grew. And and, and 50,000 kids in Los Angeles didn't show up to the first day of school in LAUSD, There was a lot 000. of ones that
1: didn't show up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and a quarter million weren't, were chronically absent. Last year, you know, just because of a whole a year of all these disruptions, people get out of the habit. My kids would go like, oh, I'm the only kid in class, why am I going? I'm like, because you're going, because <laughs> you're going to school. I don't care what everyone else is doing. But people get into habits, right? We see it with people not wanting to go back to work at the office. Um, we saw it with kids not getting used to going to school. We're creatures of habit. We're not just gonna automatically go back to what the virtuous path is. That's what adults need to, need to do and nurture.
1: Now the parents, I don't know if you came across uh, parents that didn't wanna join your, your movement. Um, they thought is th- we were putting is, people at risk, yeah. What is their mindset? Well, I'm
0: sorry to interrupt. Yeah, a lot of parents were afraid. I mean, so fear is a big thing. Like, everyone, uh, was afraid of of people dying, because people do die during COVID, Uh, people getting very sick, uh, passing it on to other people. So a lot of parents were uh, just afraid. And then they're concerned that somehow you're putting their kids in jeopardy or that you're diminishing it. And this is one of my biggest problems with public health, especially Barbara Ferrer in LA County Public Health, is the fear pushed into the system, which is where you get people to act irrationally. Um, We're gonna see that for a generation. I mean, people are gonna be walking around with masks who are not at risk for years because they're never gonna believe that it's actually safe. They freaked people out. And good leadership is that you're calm, you're collected, you looked at the actual risks. If anything, you, sort of, you, you just look at the broad picture and, and assure people, within reason, without lying, that it's gonna be okay, we're gonna get through this and we have these ways to help you. You don't say everyone's at risk, One out of four people can get it. We're shutting down everything. You don't panic. You know, everyone had mugs that said, keep calm and carry on, right? Everyone loved those mugs. But when it came to keep calm, no one did it. We had to keep calm. We saw that it was age-related, COVID. We saw who was at risk with comorbidities, with obesity. Those are the people who we should have really targeted and made sure they got the most help. And, and the elderly, and, and instead we freaked everyone out and we hurt kids who, I mean, every death is a tragedy, but we had 13 kids the entire time of COVID in LA County with, you know, 10 million people. We had 13 kids who passed away, and most weren't even due to COVID, they just had COVID, which is less than influenza. So, it, it, again, in terms of like what risks are, how we triage the information, how we teach society, we just completely lost the plot. And that fear was so hard for us to fight with other parents, and it's gonna be lingering for years.
1: Now, do you think that those parents that, that might disagree with you guys, do you think when they see this situation in public gyms, and they see their kids going to school without masks, public schools, what do you think, do you think they could question that and say, is this, there's something wrong here? the picture.
0: You know, my theory was always that as soon as people were allowed to choose to mask or not, that most people would not. And then most other people who were unsure would go along with it. Because we've learned we're, we're kind of pack animals, right? We, we find safety in what most people are doing. No one wants to stick out. You know, a nail who sticks out gets hit by the hammer. Um, and we've seen that with schools. Like my kid's school, it's still optional. Uh, L.A. County still recommends masks, but very few kids do. And, and they may have good reasons for it. You know, Parents at home, I, I don't judge. Whatever people want to do. What's weird about kids playing basketball with it and being forced to do it is th- the safety makes no sense based on every other aspect of how they're playing. First of all, the masks are ridiculous. They're like on their heads. They're on the sides. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Kids, th- these are not like... <laughs> fit-tested N95s, all right? <laughs> so there's a difference. You know, and even, even public health knows. Like, a cloth mask is not a surgical mask, and both of those are really virtually useless next to an N95 that's fit-tested, which no one does. I have a beard, it's pointless, whatever. But the kids playing basketball it makes no sense, and when you go in, you see like, half the parents are ignoring it. Some rec centers I've gone to, they all completely ignore it, because they know if they were really serious, they would, they would mandate them. And so that's the problem with mandates, is now like you've removed a strong recommendation from meaning anything, it just becomes, are they serious or not? Because people are binary, and there's only so much information we can take in, so now it's either mandatory or, or whatever, it's gonna fly. Whatever little ratings they have. They can be as specific and detailed as they want. No one's paying attention that much. The only people who are paying attention are people like me who are seeing what, what
1: uh, so, misinformation they're putting so out. So essentially, they made the rules so complicated yes. that people don't care anymore.
0: Yeah, but, so uh, people don't care
1: and ignore them. Unless you tell them it's a mandatory. Oh, manda-
0: which is terrible, which they should, have no, they should not be mandating anything unless it is like a deadly, deadly disease that we know this can help here. You need extraordinary evidence for extraordinary claims and extraordinary policies. These were extraordinary policies. We had never done this before. So if, if you don't have like good evidence, just say, you know what, this is a big swing. We're gonna do this for a little bit and try it. But if we're not sure, we're gonna stop. You know, like vaccine mandates might have made sense for a few minutes, even though they were a violation of liberties. But as soon as you saw, oh, they're waning, they're not so great. All right, well, we shouldn't do this because this is a really abusive policy for rights. But no one's done that. They never back off. And that's where then people like me are like, well, what are we doing here? Where, where are we going?
1: So when you got involved, you saw these politicians in LA working with the unions. Um, Based on what you've seen, where is LA headed? Is it questionable, the leadership that LA has, or what are your thoughts on that?
0: I'm really concerned about LA. Uh, LA, for me, I moved out after college. It's an adventurous place. It's a fantastic place, right? It's, you have artists and business people from all over the world who come with a dream and they have drive and there's this cauldron of excitement and that's why the music is great and the art is great. And it's just a fantastic place to be, to grow up and to see it like shut down and everyone hiding and getting all weird. Like I was like, where's the rock and roll? The whiskey a go-go, is anyone playing music in protest? You know, like the skate park got filled with sand and like eventually they cleared it out, but everyone was so passive. And so I'm concerned about the city because I do believe they have this rotating, corrupt system where people go from the city council, then they go to the board of education, then they go to the board of supervisors, then they go to the state senate, and then they come back to avoid term limits, and they just keep moving the same people around. And again, it's a one-party system, so no one challenges it. The media is completely not pushing back, which is the job of the media, and they have a huge role in all of this, from fanning the flames of fear to never pushing back on people's claims. Push back, that's the whole point, I thought, is pushing back, being the fourth estate, not the 3A estate, the fourth estate. Uh, So I feel like the dynamics right now of the city politics, of the media, and then the fact that people just generally are very apathetic, add in, mix in a little bit of, like, know and learn civics in schools, right? And it's not a great situation. It's not a great situation, and and for times, you know, during uh, some of the unrest during the summer, uh, you know, it's very concerning because it's a lot of people, and uh, people need to be invested in the system. And I guess the frustration as as a, as as a parent is, you know, wealthy people and people in power. You need to get people invested in the system when when you just try and shut down businesses and say, oh, we'll just pay people to stay at home. It, they, they, they aren't invested. We all have to share in each other's fates. And, and, and we have to do better to get people of all, all social classes to, 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 to feel like we're part of the city. And we,
1: we were not doing that. So you saw these unions are kind of not, especially the teacher unions and other unions, getting involved in politics and not letting kids go back to school. Uh, do you think unions are are bad?
0: Absolutely not. I mean, I'm in a union. I'm in the Directors Guild. I'm actually in the Writers Guild as well. And um, if anything, I've been very proud of my union, particularly at the beginning of the pandemic, because we figured out a way to go back and work safely in August of 2020. And I was part of like the team at Universal. We worked out the protocols. How do we do this safely? This is before vaccines, just like how do we do this activity where we have, you know, 80, hundred people all together inside for many hours all the things you're not supposed to do uh, working together because if we didn't do that then none of us are getting paid and nothing gets made and that's bad for the Union and that's bad for me and that's bad for my kids college education <laughs> so we had to get back to work and so I saw that and then I saw what like teachers unions were doing where they were getting paid regardless to work remotely and so they had no motivation to try and get back, even though that was not a good way to teach kids, they had no incentive. And so I knew right away once it got to August, September, I was like, they're not going back because they're not doing any of the things we did to safely figure it out and get people comfortable. So it's not a union per se problem. It's when unions are getting paid to do something that's less optimal and they don't have motivation to do what we need as a society. Because we needed them to step up to take care of our kids. I mean, this is the hero moment, right? I mean, this is the crisis. Like, I looked at that when the pandemic hit, I was like, "What? what's my role during this historical moment? Am I gonna be like a hero? Or, and, and, and to that point, like, I purposely like volunteered for things to feed people who weren't being fed because I'm like, someone's gotta do these things and this is a chance to show character. Well, unfortunately, we saw a lot of people's character and, and unfortunately for a lot of, teachers' unions, it was very bad. It was very bad.
1: Do you think these unions would hurt, these kind of unions, uh, would hurt their reputation among the people that respect them, like yourself?
0: Not only did they hurt their reputation, but I, from the beginning I was speaking out to the, board of, the LAUSD Board of Education, I said, you guys are going to cripple public education. My kids are public school students. I am a public school uh, graduate. You're hurting public because sc- what's gonna happen is no one's going to trust these schools. They'll just shut down if they need to. They, they aren't prioritizing the kids. So then that becomes less of an option. And indeed, a lot of people left public school systems. We see it all over the place, particularly in states that closed down. So this was very, very bad. And I don't understand the lack of long-term thinking. Of course it would be bad. Like, that's why you have to prioritize kids and prioritize education and and say this is foundational we need the best education it's not just the safest it's also the best you need both you can't just hide with safest you need both
1: where do you think this lack of long-term thinking come from why do you think we have that are these leaders not seeing that, okay, if you do really bad in five years or in three years, something is going to change? Or is it that the leaders have become so confident that nobody's paying attention, they can continue?
0: I don't know. I mean, I got to think there's some long-term, but I think if the long-term conflicts with jeopardy of their funding, their campaigns, or... Just at risk for losing a position. I think that's the priority. But I mean, that's always politics, right? I mean, that, that's democracy. I mean, that's maybe the limitation of democracy is we don't look as far ahead because we have to keep people happy. I, I, I just don't know how. Again, we go against foundational pr- principles about like how we hurt kids psychologically, how we hurt them health-wise, how we hurt them education-wise. We throw out everything that we ever learned. You know the. Uh, American Academy of Pediatrics saying like oh no no masks you know it doesn't matter kids don't need to see faces to develop wait what what the, the, we've always known that you need that and now you don't because politically it's not convenient like what are you guys crazy we're just throwing out everything we ever learned in school just because it doesn't suit us right now I don't know what gets you to that I don't know how people shut off their brains like that I don't know how people go oh no natural immunity that's yeah, not that's not really a thing yeah it is it's always been a thing What do you mean? I'm not about, it's a thing. That's what we do. So I don't know, that's the crazy part, how we shifted into just banana town with all of these just well-known things.
1: What's the way out based on what you've seen? So you have your organization, you've been working with the parents, you have a segment of the society that got activated to to do more, Right. but you've also seen this this challenge that, you guys are facing in LA with, with the leadership. Is there a way out for you guys?
0: Yeah, no, there's no way out. We're doomed. No,
1: I, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's times we'll I feel that way. will have to edit way. this one out, <laughs> yeah, no. but just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean,
0: I, I don't believe we're doomed. I'm a very positive person. Um, I think what we need, and I think, to be honest, these things oscillate, right? They, 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 they go ebb and flow in terms of people being engaged. People forget in the 60s, you know there was people being assassinated there, there was bombs going off from different like you know far right far left groups um, you know it was a very politically charged time I mean think about if people were being assassinated now how that would escalate things but that was happening all the time that was during a war where people were being drafted and dying so uh, things seem bad but they also seem bad because we're in the middle of a, a, a media explosion where we've never had Twitter 24-7 and news 24-7, so everyone's like totally amped up and reaching out all the time, and, and so things feel worse. So first of all, I think that's gonna find a way to normalize, and we're gonna find like shows like this that bubble up, right, where people get to speak and, and find that sort of alt-center or middle path that's the sensible path. I think that's gonna find itself. The other thing I hope is that people in my industry will get back to being funny again Finding ways to tell jokes and, and sort of, as the British would say, take the piss out of some of these politicians and sort of push back at the, the insanity of it and stop uh, celebrating these people. And because and, I think we all have a mutual disrespect for most politicians and I think they have a lot of good they can do, but I think we also have to make fun of them more and make fun of more of the absurdity of it. And you know, I've always loved The Onion. I, th- I think the Babylon Bee does good, ju- good work with that. We have to laugh together. We have to be positive together. And, and I think that's the most important thing, is to
1: find the positivity out of this very frustrating time. Russ Novi, director, producer, and founder of Uprising LA. It was great to have you on California Insider.
0: And thank you for having me. If I can help one person push back, it's, it's worth
1: it.